You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. I against I. On the line, I have Rob. Hi against hi, buddy. <laughs> I have Ben. Me too. And Kyle. Well, hi! <laughs> I against I is the third studio album by the American rock band Bad Brains. It was released on November 21st, 1986 through SST Records. The producer was Ron St. Germain, and the genre is alternative metal, crossover thrash, funk rock, and hardcore punk. And I'm going to read from the uh, All Music Review, Rick Anderson. I Against I was, for Bad Brains, what London Calling was for The Clash, the band's first fully mature work, one which successfully brought together all of its diverse influences while at the same time showcasing a singular vision. Also, like London Calling, it was to be the band's masterpiece in the album sense of that term, a creative pinnacle which they would not reach again. The album opens with the title track, a blistering and musical exhilaration of violence and then moves directly into House of Suffering, easily the most complex and yet visceral, compelling song the band ever produced. Singer HR digs deep into a, his bag of vo- vocals and pulls them all out. One by one, the frightening uh, nasal falsetto that was his signature in the band's hardcore days, an almost bel canto baritone, and a declamatory sp- Speed rap chatter that spews lyrics with the mechanical precision of a machine gun. He positively croons on the surprisingly melodic Secret 77 and Let Me Help, but his voice isn't even the best thing happening here. It's the incredible, it's the incredible, tight, funky, and tonally rich interplay between guitars Dr. No, bassist Daryl Jennifer, and drummer Earl Hudson that gives this album its deeply satisfying texture. The stop-start rhythms of Secret 77 and Sacred Love, gorgeous guitar hook on She's Calling You, Dr. No's completely uh, counterintuitive ability to meld the raw directness of hardcore punk with almost supernatural virtuosity without sacrificing the power of either approach. This is music making of an order not usually seen in rock and roll. All right, what do we think of Bad Brains, Eye Against Eye? That guitar listen. tone wins everything. <laughs> I like the guitar tone a lot better than I like the drum tone. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I see that. How many, was this the first one for you guys? First listen? First listen for, for Ben here. First listen for me. Yeah. Uh, this was a early, early record for me for some reason. Like I got this early high school um, when I was first started buying CDs. I don't know why I was getting into punk. And I think it, Bad Brains was like people considered this their best album. And I was like, great. Made a big It's influence. interesting because I remember like 
knowing that bad brains was kind of a big deal, but I remember like knowing that they were controversial for being like making um, anti-gay statements. And like I remember that. Opinions. Yeah. And I, I went and looked that up, you know, recently because I mean, I feel like an asshole for not having heard this record, but I, I remember there was a reason why it didn't, I didn't like to seek them out. That's really interesting. Cause I never heard that until literally this week, I guess I, you know, didn't read any biographies or anything like that, but yeah, I did read that this week and I thought that was really, uh, strange, you know, on the, the quickness that they had that uh, song. Mm-hmm. I thought that, uh, I thought that was more of a Rastafarian like, yeah thing that he was preaching though with the uh the anti-gay sentiment i'm not not trying to like discount it in any way shape or form uh but yeah religious as opposed to like straight bigotry just religious bigotry yeah and i think that has also stupid a lot to do it with it um yeah just to touch on it quickly on the quickness which comes out in uh night 89 don't blow bubbles was criticized as being homophobic suggesting that aids was god's punishment for homosexuality and that people should find their way to to jaw um and stop being gay essentially um and then there was a incident in texas where they supposedly stole weed they weren't cool with um someone being gay or staying at a house where someone was openly uh homosexual so yeah, it was, it was disappointing to me. Um, I was happy to see, though, that, you know, Daryl Jennifer, uh, you know, 2007 was like, yeah, we're ignorant, you know, uh, or at least he was he was saying, you know, just like anyone, I'm not ashamed to say maybe I could have been I was homo I was a homophobe. I should shouldn't have to explain that to a world because everyone will do that. That's wisdom. You have to grow to be wise. So he's basically saying, yeah, we're uh, I was homophobe. It's true. Like. I was mm. ignorant. So I think a lot of people were homophobes in 1989. Yeah. Uh, no, that's true. People didn't eight, necessarily write eight a year song. Eight-year-old me was a homophobe in 1989. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you're right, Rob. I mean, that is a reason that Buju Banton and some of the other like dance hall, reggae, you know, um, Rastafarian beliefs of like anti-gay stuff is it definitely is not. It, it definitely. Um, yeah. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Quit Especially, being stupid. Well, dum dums. Yeah. And it's a drag because uh, that was the first thing I knew about Bad Brains. Like going yeah, back that, and that actually sucks. listening yeah, to this record, I was like, "Holy shit, this record's amazing!" Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. This is this one for me. I was just like, I couldn't believe it because I had I had known Brad, Bad Brains was punk, but when I got this album, I was like, "This is this isn't really punk. This isn't hardcore punk like Minor Threat." I had Minor Threat, the Germs. I had all these other, and I was like what I, I didn't even know what to think this is before sublime and this is that weird like faith no more yeah like kind of rhcp a little bit like yeah before rage before you know all those things now i will say faith no more was around you know this time it wasn't like there, yeah. it was isolated or red hot chili peppers or whoever sure. you want to say they were they were around at this time but this this album definitely executes on all these different influences and in, in melding them. Amazing. Mm-hmm. You guys have a favorite song? Uh, well, I like the, what's the one over the phone? Oh, sacred love. Sacred love. Yeah. I like that one a whole bunch. That's yeah, good stuff. Vocals from a prison phone is always, is always a, a cool thing. Yeah. But they sound so good. <laughs> yeah. I think I like uh track seven. She's calling you. It's got that, that yeah. really cool, cool guitar riff. 
Sure. Yeah. 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 Love she's calling you. I love I against I. Just starting off the I against I against I against I. Whew. Mm-hmm. Like, man. I do like the hoos. It, it it gets you pumped. And and then I, I love the yeah, the interplay, like we we're talking in the write-up, the interplay between the guitar and the rhythm section. It's just it's great. Yeah, yeah that that guitar is fucking insane. He's 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 a genius. <laughs> he's yeah. a fucking virtuosic uh genius and yeah and and the tone just like makes all these chugga chuggas like mm-hmm. just pop and just perfectly in time it's it's so good it's so good so i like i like the production i like it's it's, it's kind of bright uh ben you were talking about uh not liking the drums or? specifically in the intro uh the the first track intro one of the first things you hear is drums and it ju- it's it's just a weird like gated reverb that I'm mm-hmm. sure it sounded awesome in 87 or 86. Uh, and it just sounds bad to my ears right now. Yeah. I love what he's doing on the drums. I just didn't like the way they were recorded. Sure. Just sounds like a, a pair of spandex bicycle, bicycle shorts. Yeah. Yep. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> Is that I'm what gated right reverb sounds like? Kind of. Yeah. Like when you, <laughs> when you really think about it, it's just like a really big calf and some bicycle shorts. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, fucking fight me on it. His, Email his, me, tell me I'm wrong. It's just your opinion, man. The drums do sound like Phil, Phil Collins, though. Like oh, Secret Seventy Seven all time. Yeah, <laughs> Secret Seventy Seven does sound like you're. Yeah, you're about to hear a Phil Collins intro. <laughs> that, that's that's I awesome. Feel it come. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But then it's just HR sounding like what Mike Patton's trying to sound like with yeah. like being HR. It's fucking weird, man. Is his name Human Resources? <laughs> no. I don't know what HR mm-hmm. stands like, but it stands for, but sure. I'll I'll go with human resources. Uh it's Paul D. Hudson. Uh, but human rights, HR. Oh, I was half right. A transmission of I love in one heart. these guys were really into uh, self-help books um, yeah 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 the, uh, the positive mental attitudes yeah having and maintaining positive attitudes even in the <laughs> face of adversity will lead you to achievement pma i got that attitude man yeah I, at least i try i can see it on your face <laughs> <laughs> so i guess uh uh Though they're they're blending you know multiple styles of music here, including reggae, HR and uh, so Earl Hudson is HR's brother. So HR and Earl want Bad Brains to be a reggae band, but Doctor No and Daryl Jennifer are like, no, playing metal is fun. So so, so don't like HR and Earl. They leave Bad Brains for a few albums to do like their their reggae thing, right? And then they eventually come back. I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that but uh props to 
Dr. No and Daryl Jennifer for wanting to keep on doing this cool metal thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think Bad Brains to me is a really interesting development from their initial conception with, uh, you know, the yellow album, which was an only cassette release, in, I think 1984. And then uh, if you've ever listened to Black Dots, which is that early, 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 them just, you know, recording in a house where everyone is just like in a different room and, and recording. I mean, it's uh, it's like straight up hardcore punk. But before they were bad brains, I mean, they were, you know, they had all these different influences like jazz and yeah, reggae and and, and everything else. So for them to come from hardcore punk and play those shows with, you know, Minor Threat and all those bands and then Black Flag and then to transition into this, which, you know, I just don't see, you don't see this album like on the same level or talked about like, like you do like Faith No More and some of those other um, uh, In Living Color. And I I Mm. think that's kind of a disservice because this is quite a exceptional album. I mean, these guys were, playing shit like the reason why minor threat started was because they were so excited that bad brains were coming through like they they trailblazed the uh like i i guess it'd be hardcore punk Mm because they were just playing so fucking fast but what they were doing wasn't it was still incredibly intricate it it wasn't just like chaka 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 with like uh you know your three chord stuff like it was still just like bananas But before they decided to, before they were inspired by the hardcore punk thing and went that direction, yeah, like Birch touched on, they were a jazz fusion band called Mind Power. Mm-hmm. So, uh, makes sense that that you know they they've got them dexterous fingers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and they were kind of seen as I wouldn't say outcasts, but just on a different a different spectrum of sort of hardcore punk because they were they were doing this. It feels a bit like what um, I know we reference a lot, you know, like the germs or something. It's like the germs are way too good of players to, you know, be in, be in or sorry, not the germs, the um, circle jerks, the circle jerks were like too good of players to be in the circle jerks. But, you know, they wanted to do that. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, what bad brains wanted to do. They wanted to be on the new, exciting thing. Right. Yeah. And what's more exciting than, you know, hardcore punk when it's you know, fresh. And then it just, this melds everything together. This culminates. Was this the first of their albums that were put out on SSD? No, no, they released the, um, I believe the first bad brain self-titled was SSD. Okay. No, it it was roar actually. Yeah. Uh, so you might be right. And rock for light was light was passport. So yeah, this is the first. Okay. SSD. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I, it was. I, I know a uh, black flag was Dunzo by 86. Yeah. Um, so I think Greg Ginn might be just be like trying to curate something like for, for just like get the label, like as tight as possible. Um, and yeah, good, good fucking catch with this one. Yes, Absolutely. Uh, there was also references too, and some of the write-ups I I read about, you know, like hired gun almost sounding like Van Halen or something, you know, like it it really is bringing in the most I don't know, just everything all into a melding pot. It's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I cannot get enough of this record. Uh, I feel like an asshole for not having listened to it over my entire yeah, life. An asshole, but... Kyle, you're like one of the nicest dudes I know. 
Thanks, bro. Yeah. An amazing record. Yeah, Cray Scout called out. Um, he thought HR's lyrics were awesome, but his big issue with the record was uh, Doctor No, because who said he said had a uh, hundred Hendrix moves, but no killer riffs. Mm. And I take I take umbrage with that. I, I think there's plenty of killer riffs on this. It's just mm. maybe not the melodic stuff that you would want. We're listening to She's Calling You right now, and the the opening of of the song it, it's that riff gets stuck in my head if that's not a riff then what's a riff yeah. good point yeah. i'm not sure i i just kind of pic- picture robert christgau in 1986 having like the biggest shoulder pads ever <laughs> on top of like a suit and he's just like carrying around a briefcase <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, he's got some takes that i just do not agree with and it's it, 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 they almost feel like the the 80s like got the best of them yeah. <laughs> now I've got to find out what Robert Christ got looked like in 86. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, she's calling you. You're right. Solid record throughout, too. Yeah, every yeah, song. Man. Every song. Uh, that riff. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's almost like a Duran Duran. Sure. Uh, yeah. 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 Love it. Yeah, they were said to quote blur the lines between punks, new wavers, metalheads, conceptualizing new musical landscape less defined by genre. I should throw in a Jane's Addiction too, and into the studio. Good measure. Yeah, Yeah. man, so good. Uh, You mentioned his vocals too. They said that he had basically two hours (laughs) to record the vocals. Oh so God. the whole album for the whole album before he had to uh, go to prison. Yeah. Go to prison. Yeah. Okay. So the album is half an hour long. So that's at most four takes each. Two takes is what he, he did. <laughs> Two takes on each song. Um, wow. So that was it. Yeah. And then he had to go serve uh, three or four months uh, in prison, but they weren't finished with uh, sacred love. So that's why they had to do the uh, phone call. Where did he get busted for marijuana distribution? Uh, I'm going to assume DC. Yeah, that's what I thought. And I'm sure that the distribution was because he had more than a joint, which which gets bumped up to distribution because they're Rastafarian. I doubt he was actually distributing. Sure. Maybe distributing to the band. Right, right. Maybe. He's picking up the weed for the band for that day. Yeah. But yeah, after I read that he did two takes on each song, I was thoroughly impressed. Oh, yeah. So Sacred Love, uh, allegedly he recorded the vocals uh, in prison over the phone, but he like took the phone apart um, so that he wouldn't hear like prisoners in the background. He like just spoke into the just the actual like speaker part of the phone that he Wait, so You're telling me that you can take apart a prison phone with your hands? This is what I read. This is what I read, Ben. Okay. <laughs> Seems like the guards would take umbrage. That's what I thought too. <laughs> he, uh, I had read that he had access because he was working. Um, he was working in a, a department that wasn't, you know, closely. He wasn't closely watched. I guess. Okay. So he had more access to a phone than than just like the one phone call or something. Like, here's your it's phone like call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, cool, because I gotta I gotta lay down sacred love. Let me call the studio. <laughs> Man, that would have been cool though. <laughs> oh, I love how sorry. Yeah. No. Sacred love is a standout for me. I couldn't get enough.
the big drums, love the guitar work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. I don't know what else to say. Bad Brains does it Bad on this brains one. Rules. Yeah. <laughs> More like good brains. <laughs> so if somebody just got into Bad Brains uh, through this record, what would you recommend that they look into next? It depends on what you want to do. Do you want to sure. go punk? Or do you want to go more in this vein? Like, would you like to see their roots uh, and be closer to Minor Threat? Or would you like to be more in in line with sort of like what this sounds like? Well, yeah, the latter. Uh, I mean, you could do like Rock for Light, mm-hmm. uh, which was, uh, was it 83? And then was it? I would not recommend the youth are getting restless 1990 live album. It just, it's, it's, it's a bad recording. It's like a really okay. bad recording, but yeah, I'm trying to think of the rise would probably be your next one. Although that doesn't have HR. Hmm. Yeah. Go self-titled man. All right. All right. I've always like, I, I'm not familiar with the self-titled one, but you know that's one of the iconic album covers. Mm-hmm. For sure, you know, I've, I've I've known that album cover ever since I've been into punk. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, gotta gotta love might be a good one too for you. Because uh, Rico Case, uh, uh-uh. is a pretty good basic. Yeah, their album covers kind of start getting bad though, don't they? I'm yeah. looking right now. Yeah, they're not. Like, great. This is like some MS Paint shit. It is. It is definitely not not great. The 19. 19- the one that came out in 1996, though, uh, Carolyn Records uh, produced, it was at it was a 1979 recording of their early songs before they did their self-titled. It's entitled Black Dots, and I love it. Yeah, it's oh, so cool. I've heard about that record. Is it well recorded? No, it is very badly recorded, but it works to their favor. It's sort of like we think about the Death album and how it's like you know, just, just not that great of a recording. It just sounds kind of rushed and put together. But the great thing about it is in between the songs, you can hear them talking to each other and like yelling from room to room being like, okay, we ready. You know, like, and all that sort of chatter back and forth. And it, it makes it more It makes it better because you're, you just feel like they're just doing everything and they're all doing one takes, you know, like there's a couple songs that just are back to back to back and you can tell it's just the same, you know, one, one recording of it. And they were that tight that they could, they could do that without looking at each other because they're in different rooms. That's awesome. At one point, I think HR is outside too. And there's a little kid like walking by and he gets, he gets picked up on the mic. He's just talking to this little kid, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, that has a lot of, uh, uh, of the, the songs that then were on the self-titled regulator, uh, Super Touch and uh, Paytacom band in DC. Listen to more Bad Brains. They're very good. I'm going to listen to more yeah. Bad Brains. Absolutely. It's, yeah. It's the best punk band you didn't listen to in high school. Unless you listen to Bad Brains in high school. Then it is the best punk band you listened to in high school. <laughs> good job, Birch. <laughs> All right. Next time we'll be talking about Anita Baker, Rapture. All right. Thanks, y'all. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, Anita.
remember.